Welcome to day 359 of Shaped by the Word. I'm Paul Kemp here with David Keefe and Cindy Kemp, and uh, mm-hmm. we're going to read two of the most vivid and uh, provocative chapters in the book of Revelation. And of course, if you're calling any chapter in Revelation vivid and provocative, uh, Cindy said, these these are awful chapters. They're, they're not awful chapters. You have to remember they start in... Uh, you know, chapter 15, where John say, I saw these great and marvelous deeds, and it is the final pouring out of, you know, God's wrath. And we're taken to the Old Testament, where we uh, are always talk about the day of the Lord as a great and terrible day of the Lord. It's great because it is ushering in, you know, our salvation and, and the vindication of, you know, of, of God and of his glory and of his, of his character. And, uh, but it is also terrible because his wrath is never... Uh, never a beautiful our sin is a very ugly reality and mm-hmm. and God's just judgment of sin is a very ugly reality so we kind of look behind the curtain and of course that's what revelation means it's an apocalypse or an unfolding we look behind the curtain and we see uh, the forces you know that drive the world system and their ultimate destiny so we pick up in chapter 17 um, before we do chapter 17, Cindy, since it's such a daunting <laughs> two chapters for you, we'll, we'll allow you to pause in prayer mm-hmm. on behalf of all of God's people. Yes, lots of prayer. <laughs> Father, we do approach you now asking for your spirit to um, be with us as we read. Father, that you would um, cause our hearts to um, not melt in fear, Lord, because we know that you are holding all things in your hand and all things are yours to understand, Lord. But we thank you, Father, that you've given us your word and you've given us truth. And so we just ask that you teach us during this time, this morning. And it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Revelation 17, verse 1. One of the seven angels who had the seven bowls came and said to me, Come, I'll show you the punishment of the great prostitute who sits by many waters. With her, the kings of earth committed adultery, and the inhabitants of the earth were intoxicated with the wine of her adulteries. Then the angel carried me away in the spirit into a wilderness, and there I saw a woman sitting on a scarlet beast that was covered with blasphemous names and had seven heads and ten horns. The woman was dressed in purple and scarlet and was glittering with gold, precious stones, and pearls. She held a golden cup in her hand filled with abominable things and the filth of her adulteries. The name written on her forehead was a mystery. Babylon the Great, the mother of prostitutes and of the abominations of the earth. I saw that the woman was drunk with the blood of God's holy people, the blood of those who bore testimony to Jesus. When I saw her, I was greatly astonished. Then the angel said to me, Why are you astonished? I'll explain to you the mystery of the woman and of the beast that she rides, which has the seven heads and the ten horns. The beast which you saw once was, now is not, and yet will come up out of the abyss and will go to its own destruction. The inhabitants of the earth, whose names have not been written in the book of life from the creation of the world, will be astonished when they see the beast, because it once was, now is not, and yet will come. This calls for a mind with wisdom. The seven heads are seven hills on which the woman sits. There are also seven kings. Five had fallen. One is, uh, one is. The other has yet to come. But when he does come, he must remain for only a little while. The beast who once was and now is not is an eighth king. He belongs to the seven and is going to his destruction. The ten horns you saw are the ten kings who have not yet received a kingdom, but who for one hour will receive authority as a king along with the beast. 
They have one purpose and will give their power and their authority to the beast. A rage war against the lamb, but the lamb will triumph over them because he is the Lord of lords and the king of kings. And with him will be his called, chosen, and faithful followers. Then the angel said to me, The waters you saw where the prostitute sits are the peoples, multitudes, nations, and languages. The beast and the ten horns you saw will hate the prostitute. They will bring her to ruin and leave her naked. They will eat her flesh and burn her with fire. For God has put it in their hearts to accomplish this purpose by agreeing to hand them over to the beast, their royal authority, until God's words are fulfilled. The woman you saw has a great city that rules over the kings of the earth. After this, I saw another angel coming down from heaven. He had great authority, and the earth was illuminated by his splendor. With a mighty voice, he shouted, Fallen, fallen is Babylon the great. She has become a dwelling place for demons and a haunt for every impure spirit, a haunt for every unclean bird, a haunt for every unclean and detestable animal. For all the nations have drunk the maddening wine of her adulteries. The kings of the earth have committed adultery with her, and the merchants of the earth grew rich from her excessive luxuries. Then I heard another voice from heaven say, Come out of her, my people, so that you will not share in her sins, so that you will not receive any of her plagues. For her sins are piled up to heaven, and God has remembered her crimes. Give back to her as she has given. Pay her back double for what she has done. Pour out a double portion from her own cup. Give her as much torment and grief as the glory and luxury she gave herself. If her heart's in her heart she boasts, I sit enthroned as a queen. I am not a widow. I will never mourn. Therefore, in one day, her plagues will overtake her, death, mourning, and famine. She will be consumed by fire, for mighty is the Lord God who judges her. When the kings of the earth who committed adultery with her and shared her luxury see the smoke of her burning, they will weep and mourn over her. Terrified as the torment, they will stand far off and cry, Woe, woe to you, great city, you mighty city of Babylon. In one hour, your doom has come. Merchants of the earth will weep and mourn over her because no one buys her cargoes anymore. Cargoes of gold, silver, precious stones and pearls, fine linen, purple, silk and scarlet cloth, every sort of citron wood and articles of every kind made of ivory, costly wood, bronze, iron and marble, cargoes of cinnamon and spice, of incense, myrrh and frankincense, of wine and olive oil, of fine flour and wheat, cattle and sheep, horses and carriages, and human beings sold as slaves. They will say, the fruit you long for is gone from you. All your luxury and splendor have vanished, never to be recovered. The merchants who sold these things and gained their wealth from her will stand far off, terrified at her torment. They will weep and mourn and cry out, Woe, woe to you, great city, dressed in fine linen, purple and scarlet, and glittering with gold, precious stones and pearls. In one hour such great wealth has been brought to ruin. Every sea captain and all who travel by ship, the sailors and all who earn their living from the sea will stand far off. When they see the smoke of her burning, they will exclaim, Was there ever a city like this great city? They will throw dust on their heads with weeping and mourning and cry out, Woe, woe to you, great city, where all who had ships on the sea became rich through her wealth. In one hour she has been brought to ruin. Rejoice over her, you heavens. Rejoice, you people of God. Rejoice, apostles and prophets, for God has judged her with the judgment she imposed on you. Then a mighty angel picked up a boulder the size of a large millstone and threw it in the sea and said, With such violence, the great city of Babylon will be thrown down, never to be found again. 
The music of the harpists and musicians, pipers and trumpeters will never be heard in you again. No worker of any trade will ever be found in you again. The sound of a millstone will never be heard in you again. The light of a lamp will never shine in you again. The voice of a bridegroom and a bride will never be heard in you again. Your merchants were the world's important people, but your magic spell, by your magic spell, all the nations were led astray. And here was found the blood of the prophets and of God's holy people, of all who had been slaughtered on earth. Interesting, uh, interesting passage. Uh, mm-hmm. <clears throat> bringing uh, together, you know, several images. Uh, you know, there, there are three important images that you're seeing throughout the book of Revelation. You're seeing a lot of reference back to the Exodus where God exercises his power over the dominion, you know, that Egypt held over his people. So you're going to see a lot of allusions to, you know, the plagues and the strength by which, you know, God, uh, you know, delivered his people. And then uh, you also are going to, you know, hear uh, the words Babylon, which are the people, you know, that defeated Israel uh, as a result of God's judgment and took her into exile. And this is also a place where, you know, the powers of the world held God's people uh, in, 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 in torment uh, and it were released by God's mighty power. There's an underlying image here that uh, you know, probably a lot of people miss. Uh, you know, the image of Rome, where you're talking mm-hmm. about the seven hills, the lady mm-hmm. sitting on top of seven hills. So you're talking about the people that are currently persecuting mm-hmm. you know, the people of God uh, or, or, or the Romans. And then there's one deeper image in here, just, just a little bit buried or maybe a lot buried below that, even Jerusalem, mm. which was the holy city, is, is an image uh, of, of great adulteries and, and, and of great prostitution. And so when you ha- see this, you know, woman, you know, that, uh, you know, with the great adultery, she's, she represents, you know, anyone or all of these, you know, all of these particular cities. She represents the world's systems. And, of course, the adulteries are the materialism and the things, you know, that draw, you know, people in. And, and of course, in this particular instance, the people of God, uh, and this would have been an experience in the first century, have, have been excluded because of their stand for Christ. They are kicked out of guilds, and they're not able to do, you know, buy and sell and trade. So there's a great reversal. These cities have been stripped of their riches, and yet God's people mm-hmm. have been deeply enriched through, uh, you know, through the resurrection of the Lamb. And you, you see, and uh, in the, in the you know, next couple of chapters, you're going to see the people of God rejoicing at, at the vindication, but you see the people of the world uh, mourning mm-hmm. over the loss of the great material wealth and, and, and the, thing, the, the things in which they had put their hope, buying and selling and trading and power mm-hmm. and, and position. No, and we see that coming to a head in you know, chapter 8, verse 14. You know, then they will say, the fruit you longed for is, is gone from you and all your luxury and splendor have vanished never to be recovered just a vivid picture of the things of this world that we often do long for and desire and crave mm-hmm. will one day be gone and i love that kind of calling that they have at the start of or kind of at the first third of chapter 18 you know speaking to the people of god come out of her my people so that you will not share in her sins and not receive any other plagues that idea of a call to us today, you know, to not be so absorbed and consumed with these things because they will disappear. Oh, no, no doubt. Come out from her. And, and of course, we remember the you know very same author, you know, uh, John, 
you know, writing in First John, you know, warns us, do not love the world or the things of the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in them. For everything in the world, the lust of the eyes and the lust of the flesh, the boastful pride in it comes from the life that we live, comes not from the Father, but from the world. And then he you know, very gently reminds us the world and all of its desires mm. are, are passing away. Uh, but those who do the will of God, you know, last forever. And you see this in, in a far more you know, vivid way, you see the destructive end or the final collapse, mm. you know, of of everything that, uh, you know, sets itself up against, you know, God. And, of course, even when you use, you know, you use the word uh, Babylon, you go all the way back to chapter 11, Genesis, Babel, you know, mm. those pe- people who have built a great monument for themselves. Mm. And uh, you see the destruction of this great monument. And there really is just a clear delineation between, you know, the world and the things that the world values versus, um, you know, those that the, the lamb or, you know, that Christ would pursue. And it says um, they will wage war against the lamb, but the lamb will triumph over them because he is the Lord of lords and king of kings. And with him will be and with him will be his called, chosen and faithful followers. Absolutely. So there is that hope. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, being far more, you know, yeah, there is that hope and there is that ultimate, you know, reality, right? <laughs> you know, as well, which is the hope, you know, that that, mm-hmm. uh, that we're built on. Uh, but, uh, you know, it, it, these things and, and all of these things where you, you have a long list of, you know, citron woods and purples and mm-hmm. gold and silver and, uh, you know, all of these, you know, different things, these, these are, you know, common graces, you know, that God has given us, right. but they, uh, we fall in love with the gifts of God, and we have divorced them, and that's exactly what happened in Genesis, you know, chapter three. Mm-hmm. We divorce the good gifts of God from God Himself, and the, the gifts mm-hmm. um, become bigger, and, and they will not ultimately, you know, satisfy. Mm-hmm. Yes. And just how dramatically fast these things do disappear. You know, they, they disappear, and then and the people lament and. There's the three woes from the people. And then, as you mentioned a little bit earlier, even in verse 20, then the people of God, though, in light of all that, are called to rejoice. And I think often rejoicing in in God's judgment is not something we often think about or put those two together. But John does seem to do that here, rejoicing in that God is making all things right. there, there, There certainly is a degree of vengeance in God's judgment, but God's judgment is not simply about vengeance. It's about setting the world right. Mm hmm. And, and so we rejoice, not because so much, you know, because uh, we have been vindicated, but the world is set right. Where the, you know, that which is of ultimate value is worshipped, rather than that is only a passing value. Mm-hmm. <coughs> well, we we made it through the chapter, Cindy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so glad. Yes. <laughs> No, it's still such an incredibly practical chapter, even though it we is. may see all these yeah. and be confused by some of it. It is a mm-hmm. call to be mm-hmm. the called, chosen, faithful followers mm-hmm. uh, of our God. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. Exactly. And, and we do have, you know, what uh, you know, Augustine called, uh, you know, the city of God and the city of man. And the city of man is built on, you know, materialism and power, you know, and grandeur and majesty that, uh, uh, you know, will not last, where the city of God is built on the enduring values. Mm-hmm. You know of who God is and of His righteous, right. uh, you know, judgment. Mm-hmm. Heavenly Father, we thank you for who you are, and we thank you uh, that you will 
one day make all things right. We thank you that you vindicate your holiness and you vindicate your people, but beyond that, that you set the world right. Mm-hmm. And, and Father, we we pray as, as Jesus taught us to pray. May your your kingdom come now in our hearts and lives, mm-hmm. uh, and may you reign, you know, here with us as you do in heaven. It's in your holy name we pray. Amen. Mm-hmm.